Well, good morning, everyone. I, um, as I was trying to debate and try to figure out in the spirit what to uh, uh, speak on today, um, you know, it seemed like some of the theme has already been here uh, this morning. And what I chose is journey towards everlasting. And hopefully there is some, some concepts, some scripture that will speak to you on that as we kind of whimsically try to look in the next 25 minutes about what, what this life is all about and, and what this journey is all about. Um, one of the things I'd really encourage you to, to do is, uh, you know, speak to the other members of the church as well. And, and that, uh, that church picnic at the West House sounds f fabulous. And in fact, last night, uh, one of my uh, brothers at Harvest Time South, he did an impromptu on Friday night and said, hey, the whole church can come over to my house tomorrow <laughs> and have a picnic and a bonfire and uh, let us know so we know how many people. And, you know, a couple families said yes to that. And, and uh, Lori was gone for the last 48 hours, so I didn't know if that would be a you know, possibility for me. So I never got around to RSVP, and it was half an hour before it started, and Lori finally came home. I'm like, yeah, we missed you know, the, the picnic at Jeremiah's house. And she's like, let's go. And I'm like, well, I don't want to walk in on them now. It's a half an hour before. But uh, we texted them, and they said, oh, praise God. Yes, come, brother. And so we went and got a whole bunch of buns and a lot of other things, and um, we were the first one there, and uh, there was about uh, four other families and a good you know, 10, 15 of us, and it was just a blessing. Uh, they showed us so much love, and uh, you know, people are speaking love to one another, and, and I was just so filled up, and I almost missed that opportunity. And I think uh, with this journey in life, we need to take those time, that time out, and have that experience with our brothers and sisters to encourage one another. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day to experience your creation. We thank you for this day to grow in wisdom and in stature. We thank you for this day to be able to offer prayers and praises to you. This day to serve you and others. We thank you for this day, Heavenly Father. Help us to understand this life's journey that we are all on and to grasp the brevity of life, to make the best out of each and every day so that we have a testimony of your goodness for all times, for everlasting to everlasting. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture I, I chose today is one that you're like, you probably heard a million times, you have memorized, probably the first scripture that any Christian memorized. But I just wanted to take a little different uh, focus on that scripture that maybe we kind of hear, but we maybe not have fully synced in. And that's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when we li listen to that verse, we always focus on what God has done and what his son Jesus have done. And there's so much appreciation in our heart for that. But that key word, but, you see that a lot in the Bible. And when there's that but, the words that come after have some type of emphasis in that statement. And that emphasis is, but have everlasting life. So we think about the term everlasting, and it's like, well, we, can, we all know what that means, right? We, we know that heaven is everlasting. And so we look at that word, and it's you know, continuing forever, or, um, yeah, indefinitely ageless, eternal, perpetual, unending, unceasing. 
Now, everlasting wouldn't be so fun if we had to live on this earth, right? <laughs> With all the aches and pains, but everlasting uh, in the next life. Uh, now, that's interesting. We'll take a look at that a little later. Psalms 103.7 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. I do have some handouts with verses in the back if anybody wants to grab that or take that home. Psalms 145.13, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. It's kind of hard for us to get our head around the concept of everlasting. Um, we live in a world of atrophy, which is like a wasting away, a deterioration, a diminution. You know, the world springs forth life. We see it every spring. It springs forth life and beauty. But yet, when it reaches a level of maturity, then it starts to age and, and diminish over time and to the point that it, it finally passes away. You know, man has been trying to figure out how to cheat death for 6,000 years. After the fall in the garden, and, you know, they finally realized one of the first curses is that, you know, life is not unlimited like it was in the garden. And uh, this whole concept of aging is not as fun as it, it, it was made out to be here. Um, back in, uh, back in uh, I was thinking, 400 B.C., there was a, a father of history, a, a Greek uh, historian, that wrote, wrote about the Maccabinians uh, tribe or people in, in Africa that were always youthful and beautiful, and, and they were said to have a, a fountain of youth type thing. So, you know, back way back then. And then you can remember stories about the Spanish explorers in the late 1400s and 1500s searching around the North Americas for the fountain of youth. And uh, they finally found it in St. Augustine, Florida. And now it's a tourist attraction today. And uh, you can go get your youth for, for an adult, it's $17.79. And for youth, it's $8.40. And for seniors, it's $15.92. So a little interesting that depending on your age, it's a little different price. It must have something to do with how much time you get to enjoy that youth. Um, but I, I, I started looking around and you know, looking at man and, and how man in general is dealing with the aging process. And I found a website that talked about different aging remedies over the, the millenniums. And I just picked out a handful just for a little bit of fun and uh, you know, some, uh, an interest point. In the 1600 BC, uh, before Christ, an anti-wrinkle recipe uh, they found on some ancient papyrus uh, scroll. And it says, transforming an old man into youth. And uh, the author there spoke about adding water with a fruit called the hemyet fruit and crush that up and consume that, and that will take care of the aging process. Skipping ahead 1,500 years, we have Cleopatra, the queen of uh, Egypt, and she used to bathe in donkey milk to preserve her beauty and her skin uh, every morning. And so, you know, I'm starting to think about Egypt, and, you know, here we are, the dairy land, right? We have all of our, our cow dairies here in Wisconsin. Back in Egypt during those times, the economy was having donkey dairy farms uh, to uh, make sure that Cleopatra had enough gallons of water for her large bass. Um, uh, skipping ahead another uh, 1,500 years to eight, uh, 1623, I did skip the whole Dark Ages and Middle Ages because it was pretty freaky stuff that they were doing about trying to, uh, uh, it was just horrible stuff that they were doing to try to stop the aging process. But in 1623, Sir Francis Bacon 
uh, was trying to figure out how to deal with uh, the aging process, and he uh, recommended opium and baths. So some opium will help you live a few years longer, apparently. Um, and then again in 1897, as we start approaching into the 20th century, a Swiss uh, physician, Maximilian Bircher Berner, said raw food or um, sunlight food is a key to prolonging life. Getting a little closer, right? Eating some good vegetables every day and uh, you know some organic foods. Um, and then uh, 1901, a uh, Nobel win uh, winner, uh, Mechnikov, a Russian, suggested that lactic acid and drinking sour milk every day to help your intestines and all the good bacteria in your body is the way to live a healthy, long life. Again, there's some probably some wisdom in that, uh, keep, keeping those guys healthy. Uh, this was one of my uh, favorite here, 1921, in, in, the, in the age of the atomic race. Uh, Dr. Charles G. Davis writes about radium as the wonder drug. It vitifies the living cell and can alleviate ailments of old age. So radium is one of the elements of uranium and, and uh, uh, atomic energy. So just give you a dose of a little bit of atomic energy every day, um, and you'll never have to worry about getting old, right? Um, and then the lastly, the growing number of tech billionaires. So you know, if you're worried about it, don't worry, they got you covered. Um, Benz, uh, Jeff Benzo, the second richest man in the world behind Elon Musk, has invested $199 billion um, in a rejuvenation co company called Eltos Labs, and they're trying to figure out how to stop the aging process. So, you know, 20% of a, a trillion dollars is spent right there. And Oracle founder Ellison has donated more than $370 million to the research of aging and aging-related illnesses. You know, I, and I, so I think about what man's folly is, is trying to stop what, you know, God has ordained. Uh, gets me thinking about the Revelations uh, 9, 6, where it says, in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee them. Um, so maybe they'll st stumble onto something there. Uh, yeah, man has been looking for cures to the aging process uh, you know, pretty much forever in, in their fruitless struggle to find everlasting life on this earth. But we know that our God is eternal. To him, a day is um, a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. You know, the average person in the streets don't understand that we are made in his image, so we too are eternal beings. Though our, our physical bodies perish, our souls live on forever. Once more, as followers of Christ, we are promised to have new bodies, un unperishable bodies someday. Um, and that will be a, a, a great day. So that brings us to the point or, or one of the topics of life's journey. You know, why are we here? What is our purpose? And I think every human being that has, uh, the, that is a, every living creature that is a human being probably has asked that question at some point. And the Bible does speak to this uh, topic quite, quite a bit. And I, I think about Ecclesiastes. And so I'm going to read a, you know, a chapter in here in Ecclesiastes today. And some scholars believe that Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament was written by King Solomon, the wisest uh, king that ever lived. He, he prayed for wisdom, and he was granted wisdom. Um, it mentions that he was, the author was a king of Israel and in the lineages of David. And he addresses the question of what is the meaning of life? So Ecclesiastes 1, the title of the chapter, is The Vanities of Life. 
the words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. Vanities of vanities, says the preacher. Vanities of vanities, all is vanity. What profits a man from all of his labor, which he tolls under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The winds go from the south and the winds uh, turn around to the north and the winds whirl around continually and come again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, they will return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be, and which has been done is all in, is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been done in ancient times before us. There is no remembrance of the former things, nor will there be any remembrance of the things to come, but all those that will come after. So he starts out the chapter pretty somber. He's like, what's the purpose of life, you know? The rivers run into the sea, but the sea never gets filled, right? It's just a continuation, continuation. And back then, you know, we have the internet now, but, you know, that's not necessarily eternal either. Uh, you know, where we're recording more things. Uh, back then, they didn't have any type, you know, much other than the ancient papyrus or uh, sheets and stuff to record uh, things that happened before. But one of the things I think about is when you think about King Solomon, you know, he lived, what, 600 BC, somewhere in there, give or take 100 years. And so to that, to us, that's ancient, 2,600 years ago. And he's talking about 2,600 years before him. You know, there were probably easier to understand what happened the millennium before them than we are today because there's of the distance of time. You know, one of my favorite here is there is nothing new under the sun. And if you look at, you know, the billions of us that are here and the billions of us that have lived, you know, I was in computer science. I was one of the first ones in the, when the first Apple computer writing computer programs and bulletin boards and early texting systems and all the other stuff. And you look at now today, there's just about every idea that's been thought has been tried out. And it's usually the, the people that can market their product better are the ones, you know, the, the Facebooks of the world that become the popular thing. Um, one thing, though, I have found out through my career in the computer science field is that when I pray, when there's a, a, a problem in front of me, some type of business problem, and I pray, that's the time that, that God gives me some incredible creativity and wisdom. And really, I think that's where all creativity and wisdom comes from. It comes from God. And um, if you can stay close to him, he, he'll, he'll show you some pretty cool things. Um, so as you read through Ecclesiastes, you start off like, oh, really? You know, but by the end... Uh, the raw but powerful message of Ecclesiastes is that the course of life to be pursued is a God-centered life. So he's just showing you all the vanities upon vanities, but then he brings you back to God. The pleasures of this life are not intrinsically fulfilling and cannot bring lasting satisfaction, but they can, in, but they can be enjoyed as a gift from God. Uh, Ecclesiastes ra wraps up with, let us hear the conclusion in this whole manner in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. 
For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, either good or evil. So the, the, the wisest man that ever lived said, you know, uh, fear God and keep his commandments. And that's, that's our purpose in life as human beings. So, you know, I've always thought about earlier in my Christian walk is, you know, why are we here, Lord? And, and my, my thought was life is a journey and we get to explore God's creation is, you know, something that kind of, and, and we can then get to create those experiences that reform and transform our character. We spoke in some past messages how life has a way of all the, the challenges and sorrows of life, has a way of shaping our souls, taking those rough edges off like a, a polished gem, um, and uh, giving us empathy and purity over time. Psalms 37, 4 and 5, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord and trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And I, I think we touched on this topic before. It's like sometimes those things that are the good things that you know are from God that are in your heart or your mind, you know, he put them there, especially if you're walking and trusting in him. Uh, so don't fight those things, you know. Uh, seek after the goodness of God each day and pursue those things in which he places upon your heart. As a, as a subtle reminder, you know, of the brevity of life, the Bible also talks about that. In um, A life is a season and our days are counted. Psalms 103, 15 and 16, it says, As for a man, his days are like grass. As flowers in the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over and, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. Psalms 90.10, a lot of people take this verse to try to figure out the end time uh, timeline. Um, the days of our years are three, sco three score years and ten, and a score is 20 years, so it's 60 plus 10 is 70. But if by reason of strength they be four score years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for soon it will be cut off and we fly away. And just to be encouraging here, my grandma lived to be 106 and was sharp as a tack. So um, God gives even more grace to, to some, uh, some people. I remember seeing her, and it would be 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and, and she'd be in the nursing home, and all of a sudden she's chewing on something. I'm like, Grandma, what are you chewing on? She says, oh, it's this bacon from this place. You know, they give you all fat, and it takes me about five hours to chew this piece of bacon. <laughs> you know? So even at 106, she still had some humor uh, there. Um, there are times in our life, you know, especially uh, younger, when you think that time stands still. I don't know about you, but I remember sitting in grade school, and we had the big round clock on the wall with the big hand and the little hand, and, and you'd like, like, we waiting for recess or lunch or the end of the day, and that big hand took forever to move around. <laughs> Or those summers where we didn't have all the computer technology and all the TV and video that young people did now, and all we had is a can and our neighbors uh, to go play kick the can all day long as those days just wore on, you know, as we were waiting for mom and dad to get home. Um, but, you know, as, as we age, uh, we get busier, you know, time moves faster, it seems like. And I can tell you by age 50, you roll out of bed on the left side of the bed 
And by the time with aches and pains you walk around the bed and get over to the right side, it's time to roll back into bed again. So um, reminds me of the, the word uh, phrase carpe diem, uh, Robert Williams uh, made popular in the Dead Poets Society is seize the day, uh, make the best out of the day. And because in reality, life is really short. Uh, we are here one day and soon we will be gone. Maybe some of us will be uh, gone in the rapture and that would be a, a fantastic thing uh, depending on when that, uh, that comes. Uh, but we need to just grasp the goodness of God uh, and that he offers us each day and build a life of experiences uh, that we can share with him and others and for all eternity. So our calling, you know, this was the tough part of writing the sermon. It's like, okay, you know, how am I going to pull this together and what am I going to tell them about, you know, why, why we're here. And, um, but I, I, I found some verses and I just put together something simple that I think hopefully will speak to you. Um, so our calling is let us be fulfilling it by inviting God into our daily experiences that we call life. We have the opportunity to show God love and offer him praises like we've sung about today and serve his kingdom. As I mentioned in the past sermons that Julie memorized there, uh, Psalms 143.8, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, and I will entrust my life. For you I will entrust my life. You know, our calling starts with each new day. And that was my prayer at the beginning. The daily struggles to trust and to love, to die to ourselves and our own anxieties and our own worries, and to look to God and serve him. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who call you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. We have a marvelous opportunity to give him praises each and every day. And we can't forget what we spoke about a few weeks back about our calling uh, as disciples to build his kingdom. As we have all know the verse of Matthew 28, 19, where it says, Go ye for, therefore and teach all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and observe all things which I have commanded you and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age, in uh, teaching them in the uh, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So by loving God and worshiping God and serving God through his, his sacrificial sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we have a restored relationship with God, just as Adam and Eve had before the fall, that same close relationship. A creation in his image with perfect union with him, which brings him much joy. So uh, it's an encouraging ending to the sermon. You know, just focus on the reward that awaits us all. Let us move forward towards that goal and that purpose in our life. In Revelations 22.12, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according to the work shall be. So whatever we do for the Lord in this life, there will be a reward. Psalms 37, 18, the Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance is forever. So uh, you, uh, the, from what I know about you all, you are upright, and you love the Lord, and your inheritance will be forever. 1 Corinthians, and this was, you know, uh, again, 
2,600 years later, that God is the same today, for, uh, tomorrow, and forever, and his message is still the same in 1 Corinthians 3, 30, 13 and 14. Every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abides which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So in the end, all the things we did in life and all the angst and worry and frittering and all the other things like that, along with all the wonderful things that we did with God, for God and loving God and loving each other, there'll be some type of holy fire that just kind of consumes it all and whatever's left over will be treasure and, uh, and reward. In John 14, Jesus reminds us, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, you will also be. So he's already building your mansion, and he's getting working on your swimming pool. As you're working here, trying, grinding away, fighting the good fight for him, uh, he's got you covered. As people of God, we have so much to look forward to. We can look out into the distance and look past our, our, our struggles and our, and, our, and our strife and past our current circumstances. And we can look to Revelations 21.4. And God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And a little further down in verse 21, it says, starts giving you a little picture of what heaven will look like. And the 12 gates were the 12 pearls. Every several gates was one pearl. And the streets were made of pure gold as transparent glass. And I saw no temple in heaven, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city has no need for the sun, nor neither the moon, to shine on it, for the glory of God did lighten the whole heaven. And the, lamb of, uh, and the Lamb is the light thereof. In heaven there is this soft white light that, that fills all of heaven, and that light is illuminating from God himself. Can you imagine a world where there is no fear, no pain, no struggle? Now that's a, that's a world that you might want to live an everlasting life. A world where every nerve is relaxed, Every there is no apprehension, just exploration. A world of plenty, a world of endless adventures, and all within the safe protections of our Creator. That, my friends, is for you and all those that you help come into the kingdom. Let us run the race set before us, as Paul uh, speaks about, and let's fix our eyes on our Father in heaven each and every day. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this life's journey. Thank you, Jesus, for defeating sin and death. Thank you for going ahead and preparing a place for us, for giving us a hope and a future like no other. Be with us on this journey, and maybe may we fulfill your calling in our lives. We long to be with you. We offer our love and our praise forevermore. In Jesus' name.